position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 290 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Friday, May the 15th of 2020 at 17, uh, 12 p.m. Pacific Coast time, left coast, coast for the most. That would make it, of course, for our sequel, Friends 2020, what, 05, 15? Um, crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth. Say hi to everybody, Ivor. Oh, you don't want to? Okay, well, that's okay. You're fired. That's all right. You're fired anyway. Um, we have a kind of a short show for you, but we have some big news for you in this episode. Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, it's it, one. Let's get straight to our top stories. One of the funniest things about um this uh, COVID time of plague and uh, president doesn't believe in science and thirty six percent to forty percent ish of our fellow citizens, at least in America, who also don't believe in science and believe in a man who has lied to them in such grotesque ways. One of the funniest side effects of that is you would think that working from being forced to work entirely from home, if you're lucky enough, um, would be uh, a simplification. That everything would take less time. And I mean, I'm talking about for 
a few, such as myself, Ivor and I are, of course, practicing physical distancing. I hate the term social distancing. It's not social distancing. You don't want to be distant from... Oh, I want to go live in a cave and fucking hermitude and fucking despair and succumb to the injuries and infirmities that may await me on my own, bitch. No. It's physical distancing. But one of the funniest things is that uh, even if you, like myself, uh, have been predominantly, you know, I don't leave, I, I generally didn't leave the house that much before only difference is now that I can kill you, although I did get I think I had COVID uh, towards the end of February um, it does mean that I don't want to kill anybody else um, and stuff, but anyway the point is that uh, you would think that it would be a massive time saver because everything would just shift to online and blah blah blah, but no it's not because now everything requires planning every simple fucking thing requires planning um, and, uh, that could be a real time meter. That and, mm, panic buying and all this bullshit, um, and the natural slow of the supply chain when everything is crushed and we're all fucking gonna get infected because, anyway, what's that, Ivor? Get to the point. Fuck you, Ivor, you're fired. Oh, whiskey sign. Cheers, everyone. Oh. Well, what we refuse to know in terms of the price of testing and the price of even a reasonable human being's belief in science, we will learn over the next two weeks and we'll be... really set up uh, this time next month but we will know we will have our first indication in two weeks uh, what we did not know what we could what we did not know from testing from relying on science and instead relying on a fucking idiot madman who literally is too stupid for his job and I think is just, I mean this and you can tell linguistically he's had and then thought wise he's not coherent anymore I mean he, he was never that coherent but he is deteriorated rapidly and so now we are all enslaved to this guy so what we what we didn't learn by using basic science and applying the pandemic playbook and human understanding and technology and then having a leader who has the ability to actually process new information um, and who is not completely obsessed with himself and a GOP that enables him what we didn't learn from testing over the next two weeks we're going to get the, the the tasty preview of it we will learn we will define the outer edges as if by braille and the metric we will be using will be the deaths of our own friends and neighbors and our economy and then in another month we will have we, you know we will had true sounding in another month I mean as best as we can get 
And then we can face the winter, whatever it may be, completely ignorant of, you know, any realistic metrics, any sound science, and, and completely bereft of any uniform, not, not uniform, any unified plan that, you know, formulated by anyone who knows what the fuck they're doing. Um, and yeah, it will be blood and treasure. It's the GOP's favorite thing. I want to start with some good news about the COVID, though. So I keep a five-year diary, and ever since uh, the time of COVID started, I've been taking... This is... I go back weeks and weeks and weeks, actually. Let's see. That was my first... Looks like my first was... End of March. No. My first was... Yep. March 28th. Or no, 29th. That's when I started keeping numbers. Every day. Because it's, it's a short five year. It's, you know, one line a day. Blah. I've been... I've been trying... Anyway... Anyway, it's, it's one line a day, and I record, you know, the normal stuff about my day. Uh, I'm I'm about to hit my one year first lap anniversary of it. Used to be a compulsive graphomaniac in terms of journaling, um, but this is great because it doesn't have enough space for you to babble, and so you have to sit there and think about. And at this point, I've trained myself to where I'm thinking about it earlier in the day, and you know, blah. It's just like when I wrote for the paper. But for, you know, since end of March, March 29th, every single fucking day without fail, um, I have recorded the number of infections in the USA. This is according to Johns Hopkins website, which is now, they just only recently put a thing on the news about how important that fucking website is. Yet again, data and science. Oh, wait! We, they don't matter. They don't know what they're talking about. Numbers aren't real. Um, I record uh, the number of infections in the U.S. as reported that day, and I try to get it um, literally within that 24-hour period. Sometimes, very rarely, I'll only get to it at the very end of the night like when it's like 3 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning um, I try to notate that but it doesn't really matter because it all averages more or less out but the thing is I get the number of infections, the number of people who are the current count of uh, people who have died in America uh, for the last couple of weeks I've been recording the number of people who have been tested in the United States and then in the same line put a W and a colon for the world and the total number of infections and the total number of dead. This means I actually have, like, I should have been doing this in a spreadsheet, but it's just been the easiest way to keep track of everything. Because, like, when I have to, when I, I look up, and I, I mean, these numbers are enormous. I mean, 85,000 fucking people. And when we were losing, fucking, anyway, bottom line is this. So on April, uh, uh, April 20. Whatever. Let's see. Oh, I do, actually, I just realized I should, just flipped to today. So, 
in the bottom, for the first time ever, I penciled a, for the entry that's going to go in for today, Friday, May 15th. Um, I wrote in pencil my prediction from May 1st. And this is good news. It's not great news, but it's good news. Um, because this does not cover all of the opening up that is going on, regardless of metrics, regardless of anything, and having this entire fucking AstroTurf GOP fucking retard campaign of fuck you and your masks and give me my AR-15 and complain all this bullshit. But anyway, so I wrote so I wrote on May 1st, on this day, for today, here was my projection. From May 1st, which had 64,577 people who had died in America, my projection was 23%. uh, But there's a caveat. It says, regardless, that includes uh, decision to quote-unquote open and all of the open stuff that was going on two weeks ago and that has now just spiraled out of control. I said that the difference would be about 37k projected 101k dead today with a low end of 95,000 a high end of 125,000 we are going to beat that projection by around 7,000 later tonight I'll be doing three separate projections and the thing is what, how this is good, how this gives me, because in absence of testing, this is all we have. I do have a spreadsheet of the days and the locations where I saw major, well, they look like major protests where I saw people who were not wearing masks. In about three weeks, we will know what the rollout of death has been from the last three weeks plus this two week period that we are in the middle of right now. So next week, I'm not going to predict but two weeks from today, I will be writing down a prediction and then four weeks from today, I will be writing down a prediction. This requires number crunching. But anyway, the good news is today we for the first time Last time I, I did a, a projection in in the in, in my in my journal, I was off by fifty fucking deaths by midnight. It's grotesque, and so any day where the number isn't what I thought it was going to be is a good day. So great for that. Stay focused. Stay sane. Wear a fucking mask. Etc. So, uh, and all of this good news is tempered by you know the fact that we have not seen the rollout of the last three weeks, uh, including this week. Two weeks? No, no. Last two weeks, and next week is where you will see a knee curve begin to form. I'm not hoping for this. I don't enjoy that any of this is happening I really encourage all of you to continue as best as you can, as best as you are able stay conscious 
of the fact that this is not even, this is nowhere near over. I mean, ideally, it'd be great if it just magically disappeared. Yeah, that's, that's not, that's, that's not a strategy that is not a, uh, it's not an approach to protecting yourself and, um, failing any real metrics from, we're the, we're the only country who can't handle this. Think about that. It's fucked up. Speaking of which, because everyone is so upset, it's been a while since we've had one of these little rant fests and we have a shorter show today, but this was a dark, I mean, this whole fucking week was just fucking dark. Omnipresent darkness, right, Ivor? You're fired. Disturbing news this morning from the Teddy Roosevelt, the USS Teddy Roosevelt. Five of the Marines who were diagnosed in March with COVID uh, and then cleared have been re-diagnosed with COVID again. There are three possible, you know, there are numerous outcomes and reasons for why the, how this could have happened. The, let's start with the worst one. The worst one is that there is no such thing as durable immunity in people who survive having been infected with COVID. Uh, and that they are susceptible in perpetuity to again becoming in reinfected, which makes them sleeper infective uh, sleeper vectors in terms of being infective in you know shedding the virus in some of the most protected, most monitored, most disciplined, most hygienic fucking situations and circumstances, fucking aircraft carrier. Um, that's the nightmare scenario. No durable immunity, no vaccine. I'm really hoping that's not true. But, you know, mutations happen, and uh, it could be a different blah, but a more we're going to mitigate the horror of that thought, which means that this will be forever. Which means that I will die before ever getting laid again, which is a theme that we will come back to later on. Although that was probably there was a non-zero chance of that being a probable outcome of my life, regardless of Uh, COVID or not. More whiskey, you're right, Ivor. The other, and this is what my first thought was, because I don't, I try not to, well, it's not that I try not to think about things, I try to think about everything. And then I try to fucking weigh reality, what is more likely than another thing. And I'm telling you this, because right now, this country is not fucking relating to any reality at all. But a less apocalyptic or, you know, forever change kind of scenario in the near to medium term is that there is durable immunity, but as the FDA said yesterday, the Abbott test, which I do not know if that was the test that these, that the soldiers on the uh, Teddy Roosevelt had been diagnosed with, and I don't know if this new round of testing was what the new subsequent quote-unquote reinfections 
I don't know the brands of those tests either, but I do know that the day before uh, yesterday, actually, the FDA came out and finally said the Abbott tests that the White House relies on are so unreliable and are, are have such a false positive uh, rate that any results should be not regarded as reliable, which is fancy diplomatic speak, which is not something that uh, an organization like the uh, branch of the government, like the FDA, who's a science-based organization, they should be using science, shouldn't be using politics, they should be saying do not use the Abbott test. If you get the Abbott test, or if you've had the Abbott test, you need to be retested with a different test. We don't, it's as if you've not been tested. That would account for people being reinfected. By virtue of the fact that there's no good news about that. There's no good news about that. That's the, Those are the first I mean, this is like in a box. You know, that's what the aircraft carrier's been since April. Or, yeah, no. Uh, I can't, uh, I'd have to look at my notes, but they, these guys were diagnosed in March. They were quarantined. They recovered. Now, today, f- five of them appear to have been, and they were cleared. They were, they, they had been tested in between and now these guys have it again in a world where you can't believe anything that the president says or anything from the administration which has been staffed now, stripped down and staffed like a pirate crew of fucking feckless, fucking dickless, fucking enabling scum of the earth these people do not care about our lives you need to care about your life I you know I don't care what part of the political spectrum you're on. This is not about destroying the president. This is about our way of life fucking surviving. So you take every fucking precaution you can. I know I, I had to go out today. I wear I you know I wear a fucking mask. I wear actually a respirator because um, it's easier. Because it's just in my shop. Well, I have a small little woodworking shop now in the garage. And so when I'm standing, I put it on and blah, blah, blah. Use it all the time. You know, it's comfortable. It fits me well. Um, yeah. Do not be fooled. You will get yourself killed. And more importantly, I think even from a lot of us, this is most important to me is that I don't get the people that I love killed and uh, as we're quote unquote opening up you know don't spread eagle for fucking COVID dude you will will get people killed I know that for some this is like all about being right like oh you're wearing a mask and so you think you're better than me no, I'm wearing a mask because I don't want to inf- first of all, I've I think I've had COVID. I can't get a test. But first of all, I'm wearing a mask to protect you from me. And you not wearing a mask and staring daggers at me and fucking shouting in my face and shit is not helpful to anyone. And a mask is not that difficult to fucking wear. Put on a fucking mask. 
So, that's that. Now, if you want to rely on magical thinking, sure, continue to do that. It's only gotten 80,000 people killed. 80, 87,000 people, 88,000 people killed. In six weeks. Good job with that. Oh, and oh, those are acceptable losses. Those are acceptable losses of opening up the economy. Open up the economy again. We will quadruple that number by the end of June. Every fucking day, it will be 4,000 fucking people dead. And that number will accelerate the harder this gets pushed. And it doesn't matter if everyone is safe in your neighborhood, everyone's safe in your community, everyone's safe in your state, your county, your city, without any sort of fucking unified national fucking plan and without any sort of testing regimen and without any fucking controls over the quality of those tests. Look, I said this two and a half years ago when I figured it out. And this is two and a half years ago. Donald Trump is an easy man to figure out from a rhetorical perspective. First of all, everything, and I'm not kidding, this is not a joke. Everything he says is a lie. Everything he says as a declarative fact is a lie. Two, the vehemency of his tone and also the vociferousness of his defense of his uh, explanation of a thing, especially if it was not asked means that it is a hundred percent opposite, it's a really big lie is what it means so when he says, and I knew this you know, I, I've watched all of those fucked up briefings as they happened, when he would come out and say, oh we have great testing, we have the best testing, this is like, you know month a month ago, we have the best testing in the world and it's very high very high quality, very accurate very accurate testing, uh, and no one had asked him about the accuracy of the testing. I knew that that meant that he had been briefed that we have very inaccurate testing, and I knew I know that he knows that we have almost no testing because he does not like the thought of having the number increase of people who've been tested. He said the same thing today. Two takeaways from uh, Trump's Rose Garden press conference after the disturbing testimony. Um, in the bright hearing yesterday, the whistleblower hearing, uh, first was he opened the presser and he said something right off the bat that was amazing. And I think you might get a, as big a chuckle out of this as I did because it's like we're all going to fucking die. We're here to talk. I'm paraphrasing here for a moment. We're here to talk about our launch of the amazing project, end of paraphrase. Warp speed, and that means two very big words. Means big and fast. Warp speed means big and fast. Okay. So anyway. (laughs) The other thing he said today was vaccine or no vaccine, we are back. America is back. They don't care how many people get killed. And they don't. And we've known this for a while, if you understand the GOP, for a while. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is a fucking reality. Look at Flint. They don't think we need police or any, you know, public education. No. They don't like it. And so, and they don't, especially don't like Medicare or fucking Medicaid or fucking Obamacare. That's why they're trying to repeal Obamacare in the middle of a fucking pandemic. That's why they've had no plan. 
part of the reason. Trump enables them, they enable Trump. It's it's a sick, fucked up thing. But anyway, the bottom line is they can't stand literally, and they've never been able to stand going back to 1980 with Exxon. They hate science, they hate objective fact, they will claim moral high ground while being the worst hypocrites on the face of the fucking planet. And we've they've proven all this, but now what they've proven, to me especially, is that the GOP, and especially this president, but the GOP, who is now an appendage of this president, does not give a fuck what the body count is. And because they partially are deluded into, you know, just hoping for the best while they just hold on to abusive daddy's little fucked up fantastic coattails like some fuck, you know, like alcoholic fucking abusive dad oh, I'm sorry, did I hit you? I didn't hit you, come on, let's get you an ice cream cone don't fucking move again though that's what the GOP sees Donald Trump as and they, they are terrified of getting pilloried by Fox News if they come out and say, you know what this is fucking crazy and so you have these two camps you have one that is absolutely denying reality at the behest of a fucking narcissistic madman who is incapable of seeing of, of, of fulfilling his fucking oath of office of doing his fucking job and then you have all these scum sucking motherfuckers who are too afraid to lose their fucking position of power to even mouse fart uh, whiff of dissent against him, no matter what crazy shit he says. How many, how many uh, GOP congressmen came out and said, "Oh yeah, no, don't inject yourself with bleach." So now we know, and this was like a, you know, I've held out hopes, but now we know. Now we know who's who. That's what I'm trying to say. Be aware of it. And for God's sake, just fucking use your goddamn head. I'm sick. I mean, everyone who fucking is like, oh, well, yeah, but there's another side to this. No, there is not another side to this. It's a fucking pain. You, you, never mind. There are not two sides to every fucking thing. Hmm. Sure, there can be two sides. It can be multiple sides to every fucking thing. People who are capable of critical thinking can weigh and make an informed decision the risks, benefits, and probabilities of one thing versus another. And they're also capable of saying, I don't know. Like I, you know, I'm not a scientist, but this here's what science tells us. So we're gonna go with the science, as opposed to as I texted my mom early this morning. You know, in, in a multiple universe uh, theory conception of the of you know the ontological question of our existences and and everything, you gotta know that Trump is fucking living it out as a fucking broke down drunk rodeo clown with a fucking heroin problem oh wait, that's this reality minus the heroin problem and he's not drunk he's just stupider than we could have possibly imagined so 
Cool, we'll be out of here in 30 minutes. That's the COVID update for you all. We have a feature after our new and noteworthy, which in which we're going to talk about Super Mega Baseball 3. Um, but before we get to any of that, a uh, correction about last week's episode. Well, not a correction, just an addendum. Last week, we covered a bunch of fighting games that are the best fighting games that I... That I have played that work well, pretty much out of the box, with Proton or Glorious Egg Rolls Proton, uh, and that have multiplayer, you know, functionality engaged and everything. <coughs> there is a game that I have read about that I I had a license for it, but I gave it to a friend of mine because it wasn't my kind of thing, and it's totally his kind of thing. It's called them them's fighting herds. Which is like My Little Pony, but the brawl-tastic, side-scrolling, two-dimensional platform, or two-dimensional Street Fighter-style version of My Little Pony. um, Which has gotten great reviews. Lots of them, too. Uh, And I know two people who listen to this podcast who actually really like that game. I've never uh, been able to run it on Linux because I gave it to my friend who actually would care about it. And he was a Windows user. Other funny thing how did we get to this week's episode's structure? Because this is going to be called something like Silly Porno Super Mega Baseball, SMB3 plus Silly Porno. There are two things that we can't do right now. Although, thank you to Joe Jokimon Kendall over the past couple of weeks. He sends me 2 o'clock in the morning, which is great. It's fine because I'm I'm up at all times. 2 o'clock in the morning, um text messages, and now actually links me to the exact video thing. We've been watching Taiwanese baseball at 2 o'clock in the morning in absence of baseball. That's one thing that we can't watch or really do ourselves, although it's not like we, considering that he's in Seattle and I'm in Las Vegas, it's not like we go out to fucking check some balls or fucking mm, hit the batting cages that often together. Um... But that's been fun. It's also been kind of sad. But anyway, the point is, I'm trying not to dwell in the darkness here. Although, like, I got it, you know, it's been a while since I fucking hit you with a COVID update, and so... And because this shit is, like, in my face now all the time, I said I had to go out today, and I'm... Fuck. But there are two things. At least for me. I know that many of our listeners are married, including Jokemon. Um, I had the great misfortune of being single when this happened. Next four years look really bleak. Although my time on Tinder increases exponentially every... Well, it doesn't actually. I try not to do it. But, um... So, you have baseball on the one hand and, well, I'm, you know, I'm heterosexual male person. You have twat on the other. You have ever getting laid again has been high on my priority. Oh, another piece of good news today. I had to go to the grocery store to buy whiskey. Um, Ever since Christmas, I've been dying. (laughs) Bad, bad joke. Bad choice of words. Not a joke. Bad choice of words. (laughs) 
literally Christmas Eve, I was like, man, I wish I had some Oreos. And then end of February, I got COVID and then everything shut down. So I had to self-quarantine for weeks ahead of everyone else, at least out here in, in Las Vegas. And then uh, full-on lockdown hit. And when that happened, one of my biggest things was in the off chance that you know, we don't have a responsible capable government and that this might be the early whimpers of a world that if not completely annihilated by fucking plague is going to be not just forever changed because I mean every epidemic every pandemic changes the rest of the people's lives who are alive at that time I've, I, I, I don't like the term bucket list but anyway I became focused on doing on do, I think it was Pablo Picasso who said uh, you know there's nothing wrong with procrastination just as long as you, you don't put off anything that you could do today that you wouldn't be uncomfortable with not having done before you die so you know I've had steak again that was you know a month and a half ago uh, but Oreos have been for four fucking months now I got Oreos today finally they were there and I had remembered to look for them I got like one of the last fucking things of Oreos here's the punchline though I fucking forgot the milk <laughs> I'm not kidding and you know that in six months from now if I came back to whatever fucked up tribe that I'm attached to they would exile me and then kill me and then eat me for failing to bring back the milk so how did we get to this week's episode I know don't worry it's a lot of build up but I don't really particularly care um cause I think that was I had to get that shit off my chest it needs to be fucking disclosed is what I'm saying like you know not just as like a historical record kind of thing but just I you know I have no one else to talk to I'm a single guy about to turn 40 and you know who am I going to talk to so how did we get to this so after last week's episode I went back and I started I set up a whole fucking thing for Street Fighter 5 which I had a license for since a former friend of the show BPR because he became a dick and started telling everyone that I'm gay which is weird um as he became increasingly just nasty and insulting I don't know what the fuck's going on with him probably just stressing out, probably freaking out, whatever um, I don't know if he's a former friend of the show he's just, I was disturbed that he was telling people I was gay mm. hide my back weird but uh open up Street Fighter 5 
as I cited in last week's episode, a game that I'd only seen him play in a live stream, though. Um, so I knew that it ran on Linux. Uh, and I became enchanted with this character named Poison. The graphics in Street Fighter V are fan- fucking phenomenal. But I don't really care. I don't like Street the Street Fighter franchise. It runs great, by the way, on Linux. It has more fucking game modes, though, and more buy-ins than you fucking possibly imagine, but whatever. And I've been very busy this week, otherwise I would have spent most of my time over the last three days fucking screen-capping Poison. Poison is a trashy, nasty, super Final Fight-style hot bitch. I don't know if she's from Final Fight. She looks like she walked right out of Final Fight. She has a whip. She's just standard hot pants, fucking 36 triple D, fucking torn, wife beater, tank top, uh, redheaded police, nine foot tall, thighs that could thighs that actually scare me and are generally not something that I gravitate towards in terms of women that I wish to fuck with any, not fuck with but fuck you know apart from Bayonetta if she could crush my head between her thighs man it's kind of it's kind of a buzz kill for me Um, and also if she can kill me at any moment is another buzzkill, and also if she might kill me at any moment in a major disincentive for wanting to copulate with anyway, this chick is ridiculous, nasty trash, 1980s hot and so this sent me down this fucking rabbit hole of, well, what what cheap porn can we find in terms of video games for the show this week and I beat, and I've got two men with a gut full of fear. I got two of those. So that's our silly porn feature. Um, And both of those games, while neither one is like longer in playtime than... Fuck, I think I beat one in like an hour and a half maybe, tops, and the other one I don't think I'm ever going to beat because it was just play-wise. But they're both so cheap that if you are you like I... I almost crashed my car uh, when I had to go out three days ago. There was like this 70 year old fucking woman. I couldn't see because my eyes are fucking bad and my glasses are not that great. But there, there was this chick, super hot chick, and I got I almost crashed my car. I got close to her. Realized I was, yeah, God, she's 70 fucking years old, weighs 320 pounds. Jesus, fuck. Crack of dawn better be. Careful around me. Harder than Chinese algebra 24-7. So, Ivor, now with those psychotic admissions behind us, the disclosures behind us, based them with it. Let's get to our new and noteworthy. I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So we have two new and noteworthy titles for you this week. Of course, obviously, there is the Super Mega Baseball 3, which we'll get to in a moment because I'm trying to bury the lead. Before that, though, I want to just mention a game called Jet Lancer that came out this week. Actually, I think it came out on the same day as uh, it came out on the same day as Super Mega Baseball 3. Jet Lancer is exactly like 
Luftrausers crossed with hyperspace dogfights. Hyperspace dogfights. And I, this is not a review. This is a new and noteworthy feature. Jet Lancer is hyperspace dogfights, but with a winged jet fighter that you can permanently upgrade in a uh, campaign-driven, super fun, much prettier, slightly more fucked up. The controls in in Jet Lancer really put it behind hyperspace dogfights because I played them back to back in a live stream this week. And uh, hyperspace dogfights wins hands down because of procedural generation, you know, blah, blah, but whatever. Other big thing, the, the graphics in uh, Jet Lancer are way less pixel trash, intentionally less pixel trash, and actually you're in a winged jet fighter, so there is this weird kind of attempt to make it feel like 3D, which generally works, but sometimes results in an uncontrollable plane that you can't figure out where you're aiming and nothing makes sense. Also, other problem with uh, Jet Lancer is it's $15 or $14 or whatever. Hyperspace Dogfights at full price right now is $9.99. Other problem with Jet Lancer and, by the way, I will be beating Jet Lancer because it seems like a very fairly linear campaign and it's a, a game type that I really enjoy. It's like Hyperspace Dogfights prettier but stupider. Ah, it's the perfect way of describing it. For reals, that's like exactly it. It's like, if you're like, let's take it back to pussy again. <laughs> no offense, and please, I hope you're not offended if you are a female person, you know, like I would, ex- anyway. If you're offended by that, then you're probably not a listener already, but whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. Bottom line is this, you ever had a girlfriend who like maybe didn't cheat on you but kind of broke up with you or like you have an off and on girlfriend and you guys are like really tight or whatever and then you meet this other girl who's like way hotter and you know you just in the course of events you guys end up fucking or whatever cause who knows, it's been three weeks since you've seen the other chick or whatever and not through fault of you, you know, trying or whatever um and you come away from the experience of fucking this much hotter chick versus the chick that you actually like who is within, you know, your marginal marginal requirements for attractiveness (laughs) let's make it all about attractiveness right now I would fuck a bush with teeth and by bush I don't mean a vagina with hair I mean a physical plant like bush I would fuck a tumbleweed at this point but anyway you come away from the experience going wow that was like supposed to be really good and it kind of was supposed to check off all my boxes but I really like the other girl and I like fucking her even more that is kind of how I feel about Jet Lancer so far versus Hyperspace Dogfights. And especially because Hyperspace Dogfights is $5 cheaper. And, you want to know about Hyperspace Dogfights? I've spent 115 hours in Hyperspace Dogfights. That is not me leaving the game on accidentally. 
that is me playing the game. But we'll get to more Jet Lancer later. You know, if we live. So, the secret feature, Super Mega Baseball 3 came out this week. And it offers a lot of new features. There's a whole new franchise mode. Thank you, many props to JoJo Kimon Kendall for resisting my drunken and stoned I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. They had that in the last one. No, franchise mode in the new one is a entirely different value-added beyond reckoning. Um, and more, it's a little more complicated, but it's nowhere near as complicated as, you know, franchise modes and officially licensed MLB games and stuff like that. Uh, it basically, what franchise mode is actually is more or less a simulacrum of having your players go from being rookie to fucking veterans to permanent free agents, which means that you're going to be on the Mets tomorrow. Um, Gary Sheffield, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And is also another way, it's a, it's, it, it has some really cool features. I haven't had enough time to get balls deep into it, in, into the franchise mode yet. Um, but I, uh, I played fucking grip of games in Super Mega Baseball 3. For those of you who are uninitiated in the Super Mega Baseball franchise, it's one of the best baseball franchise, best baseball video game franchises of the last yeah, probably right around 10 years now. There was the Bigs that was really good, and then there was the uh, year where uh, MLB had the uh, official game uh, where they offered you a million dollars to throw a perfect game if you videotaped it and everything. Um, that was when Lincecum, I think, was... So Lincecum and... Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. All of that goes out the window. These are arcade baseball, fictional baseball heroes, super easy to pick up and play. The tutorial runs inline in-game. Um, and then the fucking player creation and the team creation and the team customization and then playing online is like one of Super Mega Baseball 3's biggest features. I have honestly not had enough time to test if Super Mega Baseball 3's online features work on Linux. Um, But considering that they did in 2, I imagine, I hope that they will continue to do so in 3. The major gameplay innovation in three, there's like there's tweaks up and down. If you're familiar with the franchise, this is way better. And once again, this is not a review. I've only gone to play like three hours of it. Probably played like you know eight games. Um, they're working on a SMB two team import tool for SMB three, by the way, and they're doing some other uh, further free improvements, but the biggest uh, gameplay mechanic thing that has changed for me is now when you're pitching, they introduce this mechanic of power pitching. This is really cool. It works the exact opposite way of the normal pitching mechanic. Normally, you know, you, you pick your pitch then you pick your spot, you press A, and then as, as close as the, cir- the big circle comes up, and that circle's diameter shrinks, and you can move it, and as close as you can get it to the little dot where you picked your spot, 
uh, and then you you throw, the better the throw is. The more accurate and more devastating the pitch is. That's cool and everything, but, and it really is great. In Super Mega Baseball 2, it's great. And you can still just totally throw that way in Super Mega Baseball 3. What's better, though, is they, it's almost like they were, like the developers were like, you know, batters can hit for contact and they can hit for power. And we have a power meter thing, a power mechanic for power hitting. Although all my, most of my home runs that I've ever hit in either of them have been from just sheer contact hitting with someone who's on fire or whatever. Um, why not have something, a counter countervailing thing for the pitcher? So now instead of just being able to throw your pitch, you can now power pitch. Which is the exact opposite of the mechanic that I just described. It's not the exact opposite, but it's kind of the exact opposite. It's really fun uh, and it's super hard to hit. If you get anywhere near your uh, your your target um, and manage to throw before the circle shrinks so quickly that uh, you just throw wild or if you miss the target completely, you throw wild which is very bad. Like if you have runners on base, they will steal now. Um, and it's a great way to give base runners, if you're playing against other people, give, to give base runners an opportunity to steal and for a pow- for a pressure pitch to be thrown. If you need this out, but don't want to throw a you know, so blah. And it's super hard to hit. Of course, it can be hit. And if you fuck up and leave it hanging over the plate, they will fucking clack the shit out of it. But it won't be as bad even then, as it would be, so there's like a risk reward system there, also on top of that, your pitcher does not have a stamina, you know like in terms of like in-game stamina meter, it just it's like, or no, maybe they do, I can't remember, I they changed the um, menus and everything in the, in Super Mega Baseball 3, but the bottom line is this, you can throw as many power pitches as you want, it's gonna tire out your pitcher faster one thing I wish they had so far is I wish they had a special specialized pitch for the power pitch instead of being able to throw a power change up and shit like that but you know I have an experiment it's it's really cool it's really cool and uh, the um, frame rate improvements are very noticeable the graphic improvements not so much but the frame rate is so much more solid and the fielding improvements are also really good. The auto-fielding algorithm is a lot more sane and now you finally have the option of switching to which fielder you want to control when there's like a fucking, you know, pop fly into fucking left center field. You can now actually control whether or not you want your your left fielder or your center fielder to field it. That and a whole bunch you'll hear like a full review of it later probably in the week, but that solves you for one problem the baseball problem, no sports well now you got sports and if you don't like baseball, trust me you will start to love baseball from Super Mega Baseball 3 me and the whole gang have been super fucking baseball fans for a long time now Um, I scored every season of the scored every inning of the 2008 New York Mets apocalyptic season 
I still have the score books. And I made a little scrapbook uh, on top of that, including Metsy the Cant. What a disaster that season was. That combined with all the, you know, customization shit, it's well worth. I mean, it's not a review, but, you know, if you've never... It makes no sense to go by... Oh, yes, there's also theoretically a free, unlimited play demo of Super Mega Baseball 3 where you can play in the pennant race mode unlimited numbers of games with limited teams that you have against all of the players in the world until you decide to buy Super Mega Baseball 3. If you're looking for a very economical way to burn like three weeks maybe, just customizing your team was great before, but now with the franchise mode, it's going to be ridiculous. It's like, you know, it's going to be till next season kind of game if there is a next season ever. Um, so that's Super Mega Baseball 3 and Jet Lancer. Now, let's get to our feature. I know, we're an hour in, we're going to get to our feature. Our feature is a quick one. Trust me, because I haven't seen a fucking whoa, haven't seen a woman in a long time. I'm a cheap date when it comes to my dick at this point. Hit him with it! I know I've you know I think that was very important that they need to know about my dick it's big though <laughs> Big and hungry. Speaking of big and hungry dicks, the other thing that you won't see... Oh, God! Hopefully it's not big and hungry dicks! <laughs> oh, God! Oh, I'm getting a little punchy. Ah! Alright, 15 minutes we'll be out of here. Ow! My keys just tried to cut off my big and hungry dick from in my pocket. Shit. It's not what you got, it's what you do with it, bitches! So... Two games. We've got the baseball. Where's the pussy? Well, there are two ridiculous games that are insanely cheap available for the Steam, uh, available through the Steam store right now. Um, <laughs> that are amusing. Neither one of them is going to last you for the rest of your life, but probably at this rate, none of us are going to last for the rest of our lives. So might as well smoke them while you got them and see some hot hentai bitches at the same time. Both of them, and for those of you who are like, well, what's your credentials for reviewing? I fucking almost beat, and I did review, Pachinko Sexy Reaction when we ran the main ROM review, and I will never forget. I will never forget! Both of these games offer gameplay mechanics that are infinitely superior to Pachinko's Sexy Reaction and have sexual animations and other hentai graphic hentai features that uh, make them <laughs> just a cheap fun playthrough even if you don't care about the you don't care about you don't want a piece of pussy Adam, mine, I've reached an age where female breast 
no longer holds any mystery to me. <laughs> anyway, um, graphic, graphic, hardcore hentai sex. First one is Aster. Aster is the one on the weird scale. Aster is, uh, shit. Fuck, Ivor, you're fired! Oh, Ivor's beating off to Aster right now. He's beating off, he's got a zombie dick. It's strange. I, I, I wish I not need to know that, but, you know, he he's in the booth right now, he's, he's in burns. Um, Aster. $2.99. Aster is a small uh, repeating screen asteroid style game where you take on the role of one of, I think, four hot bitches, each with their own pixel trash uh, asteroid style space fighter and you destroy asteroids and fight off the things that try to rape your craft if you die in the, there are checkpoints along the way by the way, it auto saves so you don't have to beat the whole game in one sitting but I was so stoned last night when I was playing, I was like, oh man I'm done with this but I, anyway, so when you die your ship, the game doesn't end, your ship just sits there and adjacent crafts and entities will attack it and latch onto it and when they do they show you this little thumb stamp this little postage stamp sized uh, thumbnail that you can zoom into of the pixel trash of your pilot servicing the humanoid sometimes gelatinous sometimes it's really weird sex and it is really graphic and it's a repeating anime uh, gif that you can you know clip and put on your twitter or your twatter or whatever and uh, it will horrify everyone and the art is really good and I (laughs) art is really good in this context (laughs) Is an interestingly subjective statement, um, but it makes it it makes dying interesting. There's, uh, from what I've read, there's like only like three hours of gameplay in Aster before you beat the game. I think I got kind of two thirds of the way there. That's what she said. But at that point, I didn't care because I was done. She get all the sexual double entendres there. Ugh. <laughs> Nature's cruel mistress might have some time left for you. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, the animations are really graphic. Uh, I they're so graphic. I'm not really actually fuck it because if you if you've not been forewarned already by the fact that you're like, oh, all this is for adults, that's what all of our podcasts are for. Mm. When the uh, jellyfish space slime comes inside of your character and then the gif seamlessly moves to the next frame, which is the first frame, you'll know. You'll know if you like that game. It's $2.99 and it's asteroids, but with fucking. Like, a lot of fucking with upgradable weapons and shit blah 
our other cheap pussy. That's what we should call this fucking episode. Cheap cunt! Our other, oh my god, we're never getting late again, so we might as well fucking play some fucking fucked up porno video games. Is much better, I would say, than Aster. It is called Lewd Apocalypse. It is 99 cents. It takes about two hours to beat. Not off, but just to beat. To beat the game. To complete the game. To win the game. And there are multiple endings. Some of them are happy. See, again, the double entendres. We're just rocking it here. Some of them are less than happy. My ending was interesting. I don't want to ruin it for you. Uh, Loot Apocalypse is hilarious. And if you're really playing video games for the porn, then you need to fucking discover Pornhub or like any number of fu- there are lots of things that you can do if you're not getting laid right now. And if you haven't figured them out, then I can't help you because this is about best list games. But Loot Apocalypse has multiple endings. The gameplay itself is not that repetitive. It actually had a challenge, two challenging bosses that were exactly as challenging as I want for a porno game. The Some of the miniature porno puzzles are exactly the right difficulty of porno. So, by puzzles, by the way, I mean literally after you blow off the heads of all of the zombies across multiple screens, which never gets tiresome because they're so well animated. They're two-dimensional sprites, uh, but in, you know, super high-def uh, take the cannoli uh, cannoli carnage or whatever um, style guys, but these are like you are stationary, your mouse cursor is the target, and you have to shoot them all in the head. You switch weapons, you also have to manage breaking boxes and killing them and collecting the weapons and bonus power-ups and stuff in between, and then there are these cutscenes that are hilarious. They're not fully voiced. You have to read them. And then there are some choice junctures, but if you're, chances are, if you are talking to somebody, you are about to fuck them, or they're about to fuck you, or everyone's gonna get fucked. And that takes you to the penis, not the penis mode, <laughs> the puzzle mode! That was actually a legitimate fucking accident. Ah, oh, just like the rest of my life. Um, that's what she said. Uh, again! Oh! I'm on fire! Again, that's what she said, and I said, I'm tested! So... (laughs) In Loot Apocalypse, which is like this insane zombie-filled takeoff of Resident Evil 2, literally the dialogue is hilarious. The setup is fucking hilarious. Is sex scenes... So here's what happens. So... You're like, oh yeah, well, oh, who are you? I'm from Cumcorp. <laughs> I swear to God, that's in the game. You found the lonely dildo. <laughs> anyway, so then there's some dialogue, and it, it's short, but it's very satisfying and generally hilarious. That's what she said. Uh, it's short, 
<laughs> funny. It's short, satisfying, and generally hilarious. That's what she said. You see, again, I'm just on a roll here. Um, and you can tell the developers who did this were just insane people. Because mm. it's funny in like very. It's very funny. It's very very funny game. Many what the fuck moments. <coughs> so. You meet, like, a new character who's, like, in the object of, like, the pseudo-3D playfield. Like, your little character will run and go into there after you kill all the zombies. <laughs> and then, oh, hey, you're Brad. Let's fight, you know, blah, blah, blah. We have to get the thing. I don't know what thing. I, I don't know. Hey, you know what? I do know. There's literally one one of these cutscenes. It's all in text, but it's great. Um, Where your character says... All right, we should probably head out now. But first, I need some satisfaction. I need some comfort or something. And so we enter the main game. I know I'm spending more time on this game than I've spent talking about any other game in this episode. <laughs> I enjoyed Loot Apocalypse. In fact, I kind of want to play it again right now and see what the other endings are. <laughs> some of them are happy. Uh, my ending was satisfying, but not as jubilant as <laughs> so this opens up like the main fuck mode of the game the hentai mode of the game which is just like nine puzzle pieces and the puzzle inter- it, they're not difficult to solve at all because they're giant um, censored circles over the places and they have like these rune like meaningless inscriptions on them so and they snap very easily and if you look really closely if you're having a if you're having a hard time with the puzzles in loot apocalypse like when I say puzzle I don't mean like it's a, something you solve it's like literally a nine piece jigsaw puzzle then you need to take the dick out of your hand or out of your mouth or whatever part of you need to like fucking focus like you might be you might have like if you've been eating lead chips, if you've been injecting sunlight into your bowels again, um, and so then you put all the pieces together, which normally takes, like, hardest one, I think, was, get it, hardest one, 45 seconds, I want to say, um, it was a real popper, but, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, Uh, and no, I'm not jerking off to any of these, if you need sexual satisfaction, seek it elsewhere, but, these games are remarkable and they will distract you for a little bit and they're very cheap then when you complete the puzzle a sh- uh, an animated the, the background will become animated and for like you know like a 12 frame animation it's smooth it, they're very graphic and they're very surprising <laughs> and of course the goal is to defeat the penises no his name is I, here's how I think they want you to pronounce it. Penis eyes. Which is a guy with two dicks for a mouth and a giant dick for a head and face. And he has multiple forms and he wants to defeat the sluts. And by the way, you're also a post officer. You're a postman. And that's Loot Apocalypse. It is about as much fun as you can have by yourself for 99 cents and that's our show I'll catch you next week I hope
All this and more. We cover baseball and pussy. That's what we need. Troubling times. That's what we need. Oh, and by the way, go check out Poison. Just put in Street Fighter Five, Poison. And, yeah. And that's going to probably be... Yeah, okay, cool. I'm going to put the yard together. Cheers, thanks for listening. Uh, and thanks for, you know, forbearance. I've had a fucked up week. It has been a lot of work this week. Um, yeah, that's it. Bye-bye. The internet is for poor. The internet is for poor. What are you doing? Hey, hey, I think this is porn. Porn, porn, porn. A good idea. Tracky. Oh, hello, kid monster. You are ruining my song. Oh, me sorry. Me no mean to. Well, if you wouldn't mind please being quiet for a minute so I can finish. Okie dokie. Good. I'm glad we have this new technology. For porn. Don't keep fucking saying that to me! For porn. Oh, sorry. From your own desktop. For. You can research, browse, and shop. Until you've had enough and you're ready to stop. It is I, E.B. Farm. Internet is for poor. The internet is for poor. Trendy. A good idea. Night hugging me. Born to porn. Born, porn. That's gross. That is a fact. Pervert. I like you. I'll get you a drink. Oh, really? You're a pervert. Normal people don't sit at home and look at porn on the internet. Oh? What? You have no idea. Ready, normal people? Ready. Good evening, pricks! <laughs> internet is horrible. Sorry, Kate. The internet is horrible. I masturbate. All these guys unzip their flies for porn. Porn. The internet is not for porn. porn. Flames, flames, flames on the side of my face. A good idea. Internet is for porn. I hate porn. Grab your dick and double click for porn. 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 I hate net. I'm leaving. I hate the internet. The internet is for internet is for internet is for porn. And wipe your hands. If I see a smudge, I will have you destroyed. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there, I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. 
WBLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.